This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. I missed you all last week. Sunday morning without church is very weird for me. Sit at home, like, I don't know, it was, I forget what time it was, middle of the morning. I'm like, this is so boring. People don't go to church on Sunday. This is what Sunday morning is like. Just come to church. It's amazing. I, hopefully you all got the message last week. Uh, the It's very unlikely that we're going to have another weather event. Uh, last week's storm was overestimated. This week's storm was underestimated. So I don't know. I, I heard a meteorologist on the radio this morning. It's like, this storm caught us by surprise. I'm like, that's your only job. What do you mean it caught you by surprise? Uh, <laughs> I looked at the weather report yesterday and it was like under one centimeter of snow. And then tomorrow we got a bunch more snow coming. So anyway, all that to say, um, I, we know we missed a couple of people for the first service uh, last week. Please, uh, before, if we have another weather event on a Saturday night, uh, check social media. It will be on our Instagram our Facebook, and it will also be on the main header page of our website. It will also be, if for some reason you don't have internet access, uh, it's on our phone message. But please check uh, before you head to church when we have a weather event so we don't uh, miss anybody in that respect. All right, let's turn in our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6. We are finishing off our series uh, we have called See and Speak. We've been talking about prayer uh, this whole month. Now we're going to combine a little bit of last week's message that we weren't here for and this week's message, and we'll kind of make uh, one message. It won't be two messages stuck together. We won't be here for an hour and a half. Um, but we have been talking about this idea, this notion about praying uh, in January, setting our sights, setting our sails for 2019, what God would have for us in, in 2019. And the idea of see... Um, is we want to be aware of what's coming up in our lives, not just uh, blurting out prayers necessarily or blurting out something that I might want, um, but the idea is that we would want to have what God has for us in 2019. To be aware of what's coming up in our lives in 2019, we would see that and then we would be praying about it, what might be coming up in a very practical sense um, in my life in 2019, things that we could be aware of, like with our families or education or with our finances, to be praying about those things. And then the last thing that I would say, and that's probably the most important thing, is what does, want, what does God want to do in me in 2019? How does God want me to change? Who can I become in 2019 different than what I was in 2018? Uh, that God is moving me forward in life. This is what salvation is all about. This is what being close to God is all about. That he is changing us into the image of Christ. So we're not going to stay the same. That we're going to grow and we're going to move forward. So we should want to know uh, the will of God for ourselves in 2019 as we move forward. Now, I've been talking about this notion of fasting. And... Um, you know, setting some time aside, setting aside some natural things to focus on some spiritual things. And it's not that fasting changes God, that fasting will change us. And there's some different ways, uh, as I've mentioned, that we can fast. We can, you know, completely fast maybe for a day or two and just, you know, we're going to drink water, but we're not going to eat any food. Now, if you have 
uh, doctor's orders to do something different, please disregard what I'm saying. But if you uh, look up the health benefits of fasting. There is actually some great health benefits of fasting, but that's not necessarily what we're focusing on. This idea that we're going to focus on spiritual things as we set aside all uh, of the many of the natural things that we always focus our lives on. So we can also fast maybe certain things, maybe certain areas of our diet. Maybe we could set aside sugar or coffee Maybe certain things that we find ourselves uh, completely dependent on that we would put those things aside so we could focus on our relationship with God. And then things that I uh, mentioned that this is something I do every week that sometimes we just can fast a meal that you're just not going to eat dinner on a certain day. And then so you're going to spend a little bit more time praying. And here's something that all of us can do. We can all have a soul detox. We have a lot of screen time in our lives with our phones and with our devices and with our TVs and everything like that. That maybe we would set um, some of that time that we usually are doing. Those things aren't necessarily automatically bad. But we would detox ourselves a little bit in those areas so that we could be focusing on our relationship with God. So we still have four days to go in January. So let me recommend... Something along those lines. And once again, not for the purpose of being religious or not to prove something to me or to somebody else. But we're setting those things aside so that we can focus on our relationship with God for the purpose of doing the will of God in 2019. So will you do some sort of fast with me? Come on now. Something. Even let's say let's say you are on your phone three hours a day. Do two hours and 45 minutes. I'm saying just something, all right? You can do it. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Says this, Jesus is speaking to us. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the center of the heart of prayer, that we should be desiring and wanting the will of God for our lives. And implicit in this statement is this awareness that everything that happens in the world and then in my life is not necessarily the will of God. Because if that were the case, we wouldn't need to pray this. And then prayer itself would be irrelevant if everything that was going on was just automatically God's will all of the time, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. If all of these things, if God was just pushing the levers of our lives and of all of the circumstances in the world on a constant basis, prayer would be unnecessary. But what's implicit in this teaching is that everything that's happening in the world and in my life and in your life isn't necessarily the will of God. So Jesus is asking us to pray for this. We live in a broken world. There's things that are going sideways all of the time. We make silly decisions sometimes. Other people make silly decisions that affect us in a negative way. Those things that we wouldn't put in the category of the will of God. And so what is Jesus saying? Hey, we are asking for God. We desire your will. We want your will for our lives in 2019. And that's what we are discussing in this series. So, so far we've talked about, once again, as I just mentioned, desiring the kingdom of God. And how Jesus starts out the Lord prayer with the idea of worship. Such an important thing to think about as it relates to our prayer life. And then a couple weeks ago now, we talked about this attitude that we're supposed to bring to prayer, that Jesus taught us to pray with bold perseverance. So if you missed either of those messages, you can catch up through our website, uh, through the podcast, and then also through our church app. So we're going to continue on today. And before we continue, um, 
with today's message, I just want to talk about some practicalities of prayer, um, just in a, in a very practical sense, when to pray, and then maybe how I'm going to set some time aside. Now, Jesus, when he discusses the idea of prayer, that he uses this phrase that you would go um, into your prayer closet, in other words, into a room, maybe by yourself, that we're not praying for a show for other people. We're not trying to show other people how spiritual we are by how we pray or how much we pray or how loud we pray. It's not a performance for other people. It doesn't mean that we can't pray publicly. We see in the book of Acts, the New Testament church praying for uh, as a group, and then we can pray for each other. But the majority of our praying should be alone, us alone with God in a private place. So we need to figure out for our own lives and for our own existence, when is that time? Now, are there any morning people in the house? Now, without looking at my wife, I know her hand is not up. (laughs) So for those of us that are morning people, a great time to pray is in the morning. Because like when I wake up, I'm awake. So a lot of times I'll just wake up without an alarm and just awake. I'm wide awake. And for other people, you know, they need like four alarms. And then they're going to, you know, going to hit snooze like three times. And then there's a whole other alarm somewhere else because they know they're going to turn off this alarm. If you're not a morning person, don't try to pray in the morning because you most likely will fall asleep. Now, for me, once again, I I wake up and I'm there in the bed. Nicole's beside me and I'll just spend some time there. I'm not necessarily timing, thinking, okay, I'm going to pray for this long, but I'm just going to start praying for the day. Now, I'm not praying to wake her up, but I'm praying. And if you were there, there's some sort of air coming out of my mouth. And I'm just praying for the day, praying for wisdom, praying for my family. I'm praying for you guys, anything that's come up in my life. And so I just spend that first part of the day praying. I set that time aside. Now, once again, if you're a night person, you know, if you're wide awake at night and you're, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., no problem. Maybe that's your issue in the morning. But that's another (laughs) subject. Set some of that time aside, that some of that alert time you have for prayer time that you're going to talk to God. It's such a wonderful privilege that we have to talk to God. The scripture says that his ears are open to our prayers. So uh, be practical and then but also be specific. Don't just be like, oh, I'll pray sometime this week and then sometime never comes around. Don't do it in a legalistic, angry sense, and don't do it to put guilt and shame on yourself, but just like you set appointments for the important people in your life, God should have some time on our calendars. He, we should be thinking, oh, this is my time with God. So you work that out with your own schedule. Make sure you set some time aside for prayer. So here's where we ended up a couple weeks ago, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Let's turn over there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So there's some description of Jesus here and there's some theological understanding of what he has done for us and and what he accomplished, that he lived a sinless life. And then it says, because that is true, verse 16, let us then, because of all of that, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. Now, let's pause there for a second. 
to the throne of grace, that God's throne is called the throne of grace. It's not called the throne of I've done everything perfect. It's not that I'm amazing and I've accomplished all of these things in my life and I had a good week. I I was avoiding sin in this area, so I had a good week, so today I will come and pray. It is the throne of grace. See, a lot of times we think, you know, I've had a bad week, I've done some things wrong, I got in an argument with this person, so because I feel guilty, because I feel shameful, I won't actually go and pray to God. No, that's the time you need to go. Why? Because it's called the throne of grace. Because at the throne of grace, God gives us access, not because of our perfection, but because of Jesus. So we come to this wonderful throne of grace, and at the throne of grace is what we need. So if we need forgiveness, we don't run away from God. We actually run to the throne of God. And and your prayers are not getting answered because of your perfection or my perfection. It's the throne of grace. It's the throne of what Jesus has done, not what I have done. I'm not, I'm not gonna create a case for how amazing I am and then exchange that for something from God. I'm not gonna negotiate with God and say, God, I had a really good week. And then that means if if you're thinking in those terms, you're, that's the throne of you. But it's not called the throne of you. It's not called the throne of me. It's the throne of grace. He invites us to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, that's the theme that runs through all of our prayers is that we need help. Can I get an amen? Do you need help in life? We all need help. Whether we're educated or we've had a fantastic upbringing, whether we've got a great job, there are areas, obviously every area of life, we need God's help. Things are better when somebody helps you. You got something really heavy to lift that you can't lift on your own. What do you need? I need help. I need your help. Now, for some of us, you know... We, we kind of think the more mature I get spiritually, the more independent I will become. No, it's actually the opposite. The more spiritually mature you come, the more dependent on God you are. It's not about independence. It's about dependence. Now, for some of us, it's, it's kind of like this. You know, when I, when I go grocery shopping for the family, I, I, I do these. I'm a, I'm, I'm a competitive person in general. So I stand over the trunk filled with groceries. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm doing one trip. I don't need anybody help. It's like 10 bags. I'm like, okay, seven bags here, three bags here, the paper towel, tuck it under. I don't need anybody's help. I can carry this whole thing into this house. I'm a man. (laughs) But we don't want to go through life like that, thinking I'm on my own. I'm good enough by myself. The idea of prayer and then the humility of prayer is I need help. And this is the way we need to think about life, that God invites us to this throne of grace. It's the throne of his perfection, not ours. And then at that throne, he gives us help. He gives us the help that we need. Psalm 46 verse 1 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's very present. 
I like that phrase. Because sometimes people aren't there to help you when you need, when they, when you need help, right? So they're not available. I need some help, but then they're not available. God is never like that. He has a very present help. And that's good news because I need help. I need help in my life. And so he's very present to bring help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, selah, that means think about it. So here's the, the metaphor here is there's a very tumultuous situation going on in somebody's life. Have you ever had one of those days? You know, one of those really days when it seems like the whole world is shaking. Or maybe a week or maybe a month. Where things just seem really bad. And this is what the psalmist is getting at. Here is, he's a very present help in time of trouble. I'm going to describe some trouble. The worst things that you could think about. That the earth, in a sense, is shaking. That my world is shaking. And then it says this, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, in the midst of the stream. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. In the middle of that difficult situation, in the middle of that tumultuous thing that's going on, that seems like the world has changed forever. God is in the midst of that situation there to help you. He's not creating the situation. He's there to help you in the middle of the situation. He's there to help. A very present help in time of trouble. That's why we can always go to God in the midst of difficult situations. He's there and he's strong. And that stream is flowing. The stream of God's strength is there for me in the middle of the trouble. And what is it there for? Here to help, God says. God wants to help us in the middle of these situations. See, the Holy Spirit helps us when we pray. And then the Holy Spirit is also there to help us after we pray. Why? Because he's a very present help in trouble. See, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit here in John chapter 14. And we're going to read here uh, from the Amplified Paraphrase. And he's going to describe to us the Holy Spirit... That he gives us. And it says this. John chapter 14 verse 25. Once again in the Amplified paraphrase. It says, I have told you these things while I am still with you. But the helper. Now the word for the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. The Greek word is paraclete. And that word paraclete actually means helper. That the Holy Spirit of God. God himself is present with us by his spirit. And what is he there for? He's there to help. Such a great revelation for us. It's something great for us to grab a hold of that God is always there and that he's always there and he's called our helper. So here we have the sevenfold definition uh, of the Holy Spirit. We can see this word helper, but the helper, then it says this, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, and the standby. And all of those things tell us that the helper is on your side. That the helper is there to help you through the middle of the situation, big or small. 
All of those things are about helping you. We need strength. Well, the Holy Spirit's there. One of his characteristics, who he is, is that he is the strength of God. And he's present. He's very present. He's not somewhere else. He's not busy with famous preachers so that he doesn't have time for you. No, he's there and he's present and he's strong. And that's the stream that God is flowing in in our lives. So the Holy Spirit is all of these things. And then it says this. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I have told you. That he's there and he's going to teach you all things. He's going to remind you of things. And this is why I heard a pastor say this, and I can't improve on it, so I'm going to repeat it. And this is why prayer for us is our first response, not our last resort. Prayer is not, okay, well, we tried this, and we tried this, and we tried this, and we called this person, and we called in a favor from this person, and none of it worked. I guess we'll pray. No, the Holy Spirit is there. He's present. And, and he's there in us and he's there with us. He wants us to reach out to him. Why? Because he is our helper. He's going to be speaking to our hearts what we need to know. He's going to be giving us wisdom for the situation. And then he's going to be giving us strength in the middle of the situation. He's counseling us in the middle of the situation. Why? Because he's our counselor. He's our advocate. He's our on our side. He's our intercessor. He is our go-between between us and God. He is there for us and he's helping. Psalm 105 verse 4 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Continually that we would just be open to help. Open to the help of God. And this is, you know, we see in the scripture, it says, you know, pray without ceasing. And that doesn't mean we're praying 24-7, that all of the words out of our mouths are directed towards God. No, because we have to live our lives and God knows that we're living our lives and we're in relationships and we have jobs and all of these things, responsibilities that he's given us. But it's more of the posture of our heart and the posture of our heart says, I'm always open to the help of God. Continually. I'm seeking him continually. God, I need your help with this. God, I need your help with this. God, I need your help with this. Why? Because he's present to help. Why would I do it alone? Why would I try to carry all of the groceries out of the car when I could have help? It's so much better to have help. But you text people and they're not available in that moment. Family situations. Anyway. Now, when we think about seeking God, we're, we're seeking his presence continually, that verse says. We're, we're seeking him. See, the best part of prayer is God himself. Thank God for all the blessings that God has given to you. Aren't you thankful for the blessings that God has, has given to you in your life? Everything you have, God has given to you. Such good things to think about. And we can be so grateful. But the time that we get in prayer, the best part about that time we get to be with God himself. Have you ever thought about uh, maybe sometimes you had an opportunity to meet somebody famous? 
And so you're, you know, you're going to go there, maybe you're going to get somebody's autograph and you're going to see them. You're going to maybe take a picture of them or maybe with them even better. And then before you see them, you're a little bit nervous. Why? Because they're famous and, and people know who they are. And really the famous people aren't any better than you and me. They just, a lot of people know who they are. And so within our culture, we think fame is really important, but ultimately it isn't. They're just people. Think about that. We get excited about people, but then we get bored with prayer. But who are we talking to in prayer? We're talking to God, the eternal father, creator of the heavens and the earth. The father of our, of our savior, Jesus Christ. And that same one who loves you forever. We have the opportunity to talk to him, to be with him, the best part of prayer is just being with God. And this is why we said, you know, week one, this is why worship is so important. Because when we start thanking God for who he is and what he's done, we can just get lost in all of that. We shouldn't just be starting our prayer time with, okay, God, I have this situation and I need you to fix it by Tuesday at four. See you in a couple days. I think that's missing the heart of prayer. Because the best part of prayer is we get to talk to God. Now, it's not that we can't ask for things. We should ask for things. That's what God is inviting us to. But the best part of prayer is being with God himself. John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Once again, that dependence idea. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and, and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, the greater context, once again, of that verse has to do with us aligning our asking with the will of God. Verse 8, but this is my, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to my disciples, so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. That word abide just means remain. And this is the continual prayer attitude that we can maintain. And what is Jesus asking us to do? What does prayer look like? It's me on purpose with my mind and with my heart. I see myself remaining in the place of God's love. I'm just going to be with God. And when I'm with God, where am I? I'm in the middle of his love. That's why it's called the throne of grace. I'm right there. And I'm keeping myself there. I'm keeping myself in this place of love because in that place of love, I am reminded that he is my helper. He has defined himself. He's told us about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. Remaining in God's love. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. Seeking after God. Scripture says in Matthew chapter... Six, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. 
So I see myself as abiding in the presence of God, but then I'm actually seeking after him. I, I love him because he first loved me. I get to be in the presence of God. I'm seeking after him, not just what he can do for me, not just, not just what he can give me. Those are all wonderful things. But I'm seeking after God himself. Listen to what it says. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. See, all of the, all of the things that we receive from God is, is strength and his help and all of, they actually come from him. They come from his nature. They come from, uh, just the essence of his being. And he wants us to, to desire him. Not just the stuff that he can give us. Now, I'm not necessarily saying something about my kids, but if you have kids, Occasionally they might come to you and without even recognizing who you are, they're like, can I have, give me, and like, is there a please in here? Is there a thank you? It's like, dad, you're amazing. You provide for the family. Is there none of that? It's just like, give me the thing. Not my kids, somebody else's kids. (laughs) Now, obviously the eternal Father God is not as petty as I am. But what the scripture is telling us is that God does want us to seek after him. Not just God give me the stuff. Once again, God is a God of blessing. Do you understand that? God blesses his children. But our attitudes in prayer, the first thing should not be, give me, give me. It should be, God, you are amazing. I seek after you. You are awesome. Psalm 42 verse 1 says... As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Have you ever worked outside sometime in the summer, maybe in the yard, and then you maybe don't have a water bottle outside, and you go for an extended period of time, and then you, you know, you go into the kitchen, and you're looking for a water bottle, and you're, you're basically, I just need something to drink. And then in that moment, water is the only thing that satisfies you. And it's a, such a wonderful experience, just this little bit of water. See, but that needs to be our heart's cry for God himself. God, I I thirst for you, for who you are. I want to know you, God. I desire to move my life into your image. I thirst for you. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says this. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. 
Now, I've said this before, but it's, it's a great reminder. I talk a lot about this idea of prayer and worship nights, this, this notion of waiting on God or waiting for the Lord. It, it's, not, it's not related to time. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm waiting for you to do something or I'm waiting on you to do something. This, this word wait, Hebrew word there means has to do with being intertwined with God. So in other words, his strength becomes my strength. When I wait on him, when I sit in his presence, when I remember that he is there and he has said that he is a very present help. So when I get there in his presence, I remember who he is. And then here's me and then here's the strength of God and the wisdom of God and the counsel of God and the advocacy of God and all of who he is becomes intertwined with my life. I seek after him. I am thirsty for him. We're going to sing one more song together here as a church family. And I'm hoping that we make this a prayer for ourselves is once again as we, we set our sails, we set our sights on 2019 and all that God has for us. So let's all stand up together today. And I'm just going to pray a quick prayer here before we sing together. God, we just love you today. God, we, we seek after your will for our lives for this year. God, we hunger and thirst for you. God, we open up ourselves to your help and to your goodness and to your grace today. Thank you, Lord, that you are all that we need in every situation of life. That we can remember, that we can always pray. And you are always there. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.